Welcome to the GigTube Podcast, hosted by Chad Polenz, a full-time gig economist since 2018. Each week, Chad talks to a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to dig deep into the world of the gig economy. Let's see what they discover this week. Hey, welcome to the interview with a fellow GigTuber with a very similar name as mine. I'm talking to... Aaron, a.k.a. Dr. A, a.k.a. Gig IQ in Philly. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> How did you uh, come up with the name Gig IQ? Uh, Gig IQ, I don't know. I just kind of was thinking of different names. Um, I, I had started, I've done some uh, other, you know, tried some different websites and stuff in the past, and IQ was in the name. So mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to sort of incorporate that into into my channel name so i was like oh gig iq there you go yeah not not a super fun story there and then you know i tend to be kind of nerdy as you've probably seen from my videos (laughs) so i uh you know like iq seems to kind of fit the style of videos that i do so do you know your actual iq uh i don't really know i remember when i was younger my dad i think they didn't know my iq and and they didn't want to, to tell me mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was, you know, kind of a sometimes I was the type of kid where you wouldn't want to have that in, information. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not you, really too. So you're like a real life Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nearly that high. I'm not nearly that high. I don't think I'm huh. technically. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not that high. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's start at the beginning. So I know you're you're in Philly now. Are were you born and raised in that area, or did you move there from somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, I moved there from somewhere else. Um, I was born in uh, rural Appalachia. Um, went to went to school there, um, and then basically, um, I am a, I'm a scientist, so I got my uh, degree, my PhD in biochemistry. Um, mm-hmm. And then was able to get a postdoc here in Philadelphia. So a postdoc, for those who don't know, is kind of like it's like the equivalent of a residency after medical school, which so basically you're just cheap labor. Um, <laughs> so, but you're getting more training with with the goal being to one day hopefully start my own lab. So you're trying to get some additional training, sort of get some additional skills, so that I could eventually start my own lab one day. I, I do research, um, uh, like biochemical type research. So, um, so. Yeah, that's how I ended up in Philly. It was basically a good opportunity for me. So, where'd you do your uh, undergrad at? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I've been trying to like not reveal too much information about mm-hmm. myself. I'm like, like slightly. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so some somewhere in rural Appalachia. I'm sure yeah. it wouldn't be too hard to figure out. But okay. Um, my uh, PhD. <laughs> I was gonna say Temple. As I know you're in Philly, that's the only school I know there. Yeah, but, Temple could be. Yeah, there, there's mm-hmm. there's a few. There's actually a lot of major schools uh, here. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah. So I got all my my questions for you on my phone. My phone locks. Okay. Gotta, oh no, it's all good. Yeah. I should probably open up my live ch- live chat. See if we've got in. Uh, you're a you're an iPhone user, right? I am an Android user, actually. I'm an Android. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I I don't know. I I've just always been an Android user, and then I I know I've uh, Androids do this too, but I feel like iPhones. Every update they they do, they slow down your phone so that you have to go buy a new one. So. I don't know if you ever follow any of the. There's some guys uh, who on uh, on YouTube who who fix Macs and fix iPhones and stuff like that. And yeah, they're they're just um, apparently an ad playing on your video. We're gonna mute that. Just pause uh, it. Yeah, yeah. You can pause the video, but the live chat will still scroll. That makes sense. All right, we'll do that. Shout out, 
I forget what the. Uh, I forget what the I just want to give a shout. John McCallion's in the chat. Tanya B. I'm in Philly too. Work at HUP. Middleton, um, Gary Middleton, Android is better for gig work. Speaking of which, I'm surprised. Do you use Middleton's uh, driver utility helper? That seems like it'd be right up your alley because I know how much you yeah. love statistics and all that. It definitely would be. It would definitely be awesome. I saw um, uh, Dash Theory TV just had a had a video mm -hmm. on how I want to download all his data and like there'd be so much information. Yeah, because yeah, mm -hmm. people who've watched my videos know I like to sort of analyze data. Um, but I don't really do enough gig work that it makes sense for me to pay monthly for something. Mm -hmm. uh, I have very, very meager, uh, sort of monthly goals. Um, at first when I started, I start, so I started back in January. I was, you know, as most people do, you kind of go all out, you know, you see the dollar signs and you're, you know, mm -hmm. I, think I, was more, I was, you know, on top of, so as a postdoc being that it's sort of the, the equivalent of a, a residency after medical school, you're pretty much just working all the time. Uh, you know, I probably like, I don't know, 50, 60 hours a week. And then, you know, doing gig work for another 20, 30 hours on top of that was just uh, wow. a little too much. So um, now I, I basically limited myself. Um, I try to stay to under 10 hours a week. Um, mostly also because as a postdoc, I'm, I'm on government funding and I like all the rules are so fuzzy, but um, I don't think I'm allowed to have another W-2 job. And I don't know. <laughs> Not 100% about gig work, but I believe you're only allowed to work a max of 10 hours per week on average. So those first several, you know, the first couple months I was working a good bit. Um, but I think as long as for the whole year I am averaged out to less than 10 hours, then I'll be good. So mm -hmm. what made what, you what made you go go into gig work? Like just I, I assume for the extra money or was it to like for kicks? <laughs> Uh, on a, a little bit of both, actually. So I, I've always kind of been anybody who knows me. I've always kind of been a little bit entrepreneurial. Um, I've always had little side hustles and stuff that I do. Um, I saw somebody said they, they work at HUP. Uh, that's the hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. Um, they, they used to have like studies there. So they still do. I think they still do. But I used to participate in like research studies. So basically be like a lab rat in studies. Um, I've tried starting like a, a Etsy t-shirt business, um, all kinds of just like random, you know, side hustles. I actually, even when I was younger, I was, I had, a, um, uh, I had like a little videography business where I would, uh, record weddings. And this is back in like 2005, uh, um, before, before everybody just had everybody and their brother had video editing equipment. Like I was yeah. doing that stuff. Um, so I've always kind of been entrepreneurial and actually it was, uh, I don't know if he's in the chat, probably not, but, um, I, as most people do, I, you know, watch a lot of YouTube and was kind of getting in, you know, I go into the YouTube black holes, as I like to call them. You're like, how did I start? <laughs> with this? Um, but I saw a video, Nugs's video was actually his 87 hour week video, which is his biggest video. And I remember thinking, because all of the side hustles I was doing up to that point, like, I mean, literally, you're like a lab rat in a study and you're making like 10 or $15 an hour. Like, mm -hmm. like, there's one thing, it's called um, TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, where they literally take like, electromagnets put them on your brain and then like sh like stimulate your brain and you're getting like 15 dollars an hour so i remember i forget in that video it wasn't a great earnings but i was like i, I feel like he made around like 15 dollars an hour i was like well that seems a lot easier than getting my brain shocked for <laughs> some extra cash so um literally signed up for doordash uh like right after watching that video and did uh dash that night um 
and then kind of started watching other people's videos and realized about multi-apping and, and that type of stuff. So that, that's kind of how I got into it. And now I'm, I'm more of an Uber Eats. I'm a huge Uber Eats fan in this area. It's by far the best app in, in Philly. So Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Nugs. I was just chatting with him before we started. I said, hey, I'm going live at 8. And he said, oh, I wish I could work. Or I wish I could watch, but I'm working. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let him know to watch the replay. Yeah, yeah. I think he knows. I think he knows that I started be, uh, delivering because of him. I, I usually I used to comment on all of his videos. I'd always have like something funny to say. I think, but mm-hmm. now I've been less. I've been less creative lately, so I don't have like the, the quick wit. But you said your uh, degree is in biochemistry. Yeah, biochemistry. You ever think of you could uh, work for a brewery? Because I mean, this is made by yeast, and like all the major breweries. They have like in-house, you know, biochemists because like yeah. basically yeast doctors or yeast babysitters. In fact, a friend of mine, the, my friend of mine who moved to Florida before I did, that was her job. She worked at Florida Beer Company as their in-house uh, biochemist or whatever, the yeast wrangler as they call them. And uh, she's the one who inspired me to move here. Oh, yeah. So if you ever want a day job, I'm sure you could yeah. be a yeast wrangler. Yeah, that sounds that does sound like a pretty cool job. Yeah, I, I've, I've known some people who've done that too. Yeah, I've never really uh, thought of that. My um, my sort of area of expertise is that's that's like kind of getting into like microbiology and stuff, um, like letting things grow. I, I've worked more with like proteins and motors and stuff and kind of like the nitty gritty. So like how I describe it is like, like the yeast people, that's like a car, like you're working on the whole car. I'm the one who's like under the hood and like taking out the spark plugs and like figuring out how stuff works, you know, in that engine. Uh, there, and there's actually like tons of different types of engines in the cells. Uh, so I try to sort of take them apart and figure out how they work. But um, yeah, no, I, I've actually, I've thought about that. I think most people have been, been a postdoc or a grad student for a long time uh, have sort of, contemplated alternative alternative careers at some point because it's it's a long long uh long trek to get to get to where i'm trying to go so do you get some other type of degree when you finish the postdoc no no it's basically like it's literally so man i we could go on a huge tangent (laughs) on this but but, you know postdocs originally it was so grad school you know they'd take so you'd have undergraduate say four years and then maybe a few years of grad school and then you would go get some additional training at a postdoc for a couple years and then uh back in the 90s i think it was the 90s there was a huge push to get more research um and so basically what happened is graduate school started taking longer because there's like there's the jobs so the postdocs were getting sort of taken up so grad school started taking longer until they could get a postdoc and then once all those people got postdocs, it started taking longer to get a postdoc until you could get like a real academic position. Um, so, yeah, basically that's I forget the, the question now, but I do this a lot. If you ever watch my live streams, I like completely lose my train of thought. I go on some tangent and uh, I forget what the question was now. But anyways, whoops. I, see, I got to mute my mic because now that I'm doing the audio podcast is that. I'm hearing like every every sip of beer, or like <laughs> you can, might be able to hear Leo is over here. So I can hear it a little bit, yeah, yeah. If I'm not talking, I'm gonna try to mute my mic. So, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, Kim is here in Rideshare Rodeo. That's uh, Steve. What's up, guys? Uh, let's see here. All right, so you started doing gig work in January. What made you want to start doing YouTube videos? 
Um, so I've, I've started, uh, I've started, uh, another YouTube channel before, uh, this, it wasn't overly successful. It was like, a me trying to get back into shape, uh, channel. I think I topped out at like a hundred subscribers or something. So, I mean, like I said, I've, I've always kind of been, I've always enjoyed the creative side of things. Um, so like I said, when I, back in 2004, 2005, I started a little videography business, uh, taping wedding. So I already kind of had that uh, niche. And I was kind of getting the itch to do just some editing or something. Again, it's kind of fun to do that. Um, and I happen through my, uni- through my uh, university that I work for, I happen to have uh, Adobe Premiere. So that's, that's helpful. So I can uh, do all that stuff. So that, that's pretty, honestly pretty much it. I, um, yeah, I, I figured I was doing this and I, I felt like the, the real thing actually was, I felt like there was some things that I had discovered that I hadn't really seen too many people talk about. I have now seen people talk about it now that I'm in this community more, but um, I had seen a lot of people talking about the dollars to miles, dollars to miles, dollars to miles. But one of my favorite things to say early on was, you know, $10 going two miles sounds great. Like that's awesome. But is it going to take you 10 minutes or is it going to take you an hour? Because that's a big difference. And I kind of discovered on, on Uber Eats, especially they were pretty accurate with their time estimates. I, I had a video where they're they're uh, within five minutes, 96% of the time, I'm starting to, to see that there's there. It's not, that's not quite true, but I think Uber Eats compared to the other apps, they're pretty accurate. So I started really focusing on it, noticing that I can make a lot more money, uh, focusing more on the time and not on the miles. Um, and especially since I have a Prius really, honestly, like the miles are just useful to gauge, like how long the order might take. Um, really. And that's what most, I think people who have higher mile, uh, uh, I guess vehicles that don't get as good of mileage or, or higher maintenance costs, like they, uh, the miles matter to them, but I mean, the miles really don't matter too much to me because all, all in with my Prius, it cost me 27 cents per mile to run my Prius and you get a 56 cent tax deduction. So, you know, once you deduct the taxes, it's essentially free for me to drive. So that's kind of why I started my, my, all of that to say, that's why I started my YouTube channel was because I, there was some little tricks that I had learned that I hadn't seen too many people talking about. Um, so that's another reason why I kind of decided to start. Yeah. You mentioned Adobe Premiere. I was going to say, uh, like your ride along videos, I mean, you only have a handful of them, but they definitely do remind me of like, you know, Nugs or Eli or Megan or one of those guys. Um, you know, are yeah, they I was clearly it... inspired, clearly inspired <laughs> by them. So yeah, and I was I was gonna ask that too. Like, what other gig tubers do you watch? You know, who's like your inspiration? Oh man, I'm probably gonna miss. I'm probably gonna miss so many people. There's actually a lot of small, a lot of small ones that I watch. To be totally honest, like lately, my my job is especially uh, it's picked up a lot lately um, working. So I've been falling behind on everybody's videos. But yeah, I definitely I definitely watch Kim. Um, especially she's been having like. Honestly, if the video is more than like 15 or 20 minutes, I'm like, do I have time? But if it's a, like a shorter video, I definitely will watch. And she's had several short ones lately. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all of the main gig tubers really is, you know, I, I definitely watch. And there's some some small up and covers that I watch too. So, um, but yeah, Nugs was definitely kind of the uh, the one, the reason I started. So I think that's, you can kind of tell in my early ride alongs, it was very much inspired by his, but then. Um, and I think a lot of small, it seems like a lot of smaller, uh, gig tubers kind of start out that way. Like they, they see somebody and they like, I could do that. You know, I like, so they make videos and it's like, good, but, um, then you kind of sort of settle into your niche a little bit. So I like, I still enjoy doing the ride alongs, but the, the amount of work it takes versus the, you know, the ultimate amount of views it get, it gets is, 
like it's a much higher work to I guess pay off ratio compared to me just doing my live streams or just breaking down my budget. That's what my next video is. I'm going to be sort of showing my monthly earnings and trying to sort of start talking about budgeting and stuff like that. Um, uh, Cause I think it's very important too. That's, that's one. I know some people talk about budgeting and actually um, there's a, a newer channel uh, uh, Dasher nation um, who's wanting to talk, like maybe do some sort of uh, work together on some sort of budgeting video collab something um but that's kind of where i want to go too because i a lot i think that's a gap right now is i would say at least 90 percent of gig tubers are talking about okay how can i maximize my earnings how can i make more money um but you know it's just as important how much you're spending so you know it, somebody who's making thirty thousand dollars a year and only spending twenty thousand dollars is way better off than somebody who's making 200 and spending three hundred thousand. Um, and you see that with like a lot of doctors and stuff, like once they get their first real job and they're, you know, $400,000 in debt or something, and then they go buy, you know, they get their first real job and they buy a Lamborghini and like all this stuff. Meanwhile, you're a half million dollars in debt, you know? Um, so yeah, that's just as important of a side of the equation to me. Yes, it's important to make money, but it doesn't matter how much you make if you're spending more than you make. Yeah, you yeah you mentioned that you're more concerned with time than mileage, and I'm like that too. Oh yeah. Is, uh, well, especially Instacart. I mean, I mean, you're like, how yeah. long is this going to take me? Am I going to be in the store for two hours, or you know? Yeah. Pro, you wouldn't take that long. Yeah, because like whenever I well yeah, since you brought up Instacart, whenever I look at any batch in the queue, like I'm just looking at it as time. Like I've seen batches in there that are like pretty high paying, like. Around here, anything over thirty dollars is pretty high. Most, I mean, most patches lately are less than twenty bucks. But you know, like so, like I'll see like a fifty dollar batch in there, but it's like for Costco, which is like a half hour drive away, and then it's going like way out because like there's only one Costco around, so people order it from miles around. And and same thing here, like here in Sanford, there's a BJ's not too far, probably about seven miles from where I live. I go there all the time. But people who live like an hour in each either either direction, they order from BJ's. They order like one thing. They they tip two dollars, and oh like it doesn't occur to them that the driver is going. You know, it's like a twenty thirty minute drive, forty forty sixty minutes if you count round trip. Yeah, so. I don't think a lot of people know how these apps work. Honestly, like I I I comment so much on so many videos, so I don't. Sorry if I repeat myself, although this is a, a podcast, so I guess I could just keep yeah. repeating myself. But um, yeah, like, um, I don't know. Anyways, it, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I lose my train of thought. I lose my train of thought, like, all the time. Yeah, I'm I like that, to, like, too. start saying what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, you do the, I've seen your, you have the live streams where you're, like, or, like, even in your ride-along videos, you show, like, these spreadsheets you use to, like, keep track of everything yeah like what what was the inspiration to do that like like i mean you don't mean obviously unless like you're really 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 love data you know like nobody needs to do that like the average you know like i i've i've had videos where i show spreadsheets that i use and like i actually sell them on my online store i sell the templates yeah yeah i've seen them i've seen them yeah. So, like, I what was the honestly, story behind those? I, I, I'm a huge nerd. There's, there's a reason I'm a scientist. I guess I, lo- I don't, I really enjoy. I don't know why. I just enjoy like analyzing the data and seeing it. Honestly, I was doing it in my spare time already. So, so I guess 
what the the question was sort of two part like why the spreadsheets and then i guess why live stream them so those are kind of two different answers um but why the spreadsheets honestly i i'm a huge excel nerd i just like doing stuff in excel like even when i was working out i was a uh, um so I, I uh, was doing uh, competitive weightlifting. So like the Olympic style weightlifting um, for a while. Um, and, you know, I, I, I wow. had like the percentages. I wasn't that good. I, I was like, like regional level, like, like re not, not like Olympic style. Like I maybe could beat the lightweight women in the Olympics. Maybe <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I was like, like not that good. Um, Actually, it's funny, like once they get up above like the lowest weight class, I'm like, oh, I can do that. And then they get like to the next one up for the women. I'm like, oh, no, I can't do that. anymore. And I'm like, I'm like 50 pounds heavier than them. Um, so whenever I was working out and stuff, I was I had this program and I was I was an exercise physiology undergraduate, actually. Um, so I had these programs like all the percentages worked out. I have this like actually pretty complicated Excel sheet where you could just type in the exercise and it automatically knows like what your one rep max is. And then it calculates your eight rep max and does percentages based off that, like all that type of stuff. I would do that all the time just for fun. No other reason, but just because I liked it. Um, uh, and so that was sort of the same thing with gig work. And I think the reason I started the Excel sheets partially was, um, with Uber Eats, I was worried about tip baiting and I kind of wanted to keep track and see how often it happened because so for those, I'm sure a lot of people watching know, but tip baiting is on Uber Eats, the customer is allowed to change their tip up to an hour afterward. Um, and I found that actually, in fact, I think it, uh, the number is like 25 or 30% of the time, they actually end up tipping more, tipping more. I thought at the time, they, they say they tip more, but really uh, Uber just hides the tips over $8 and it's very it kind of rare that they actually tip you more, but I had only had a tip bait once uh, based on my, my data. Um, and then, and then all the other times it was actually an increase. So basically, I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks to get tip baited, but you know, most of the time you actually end up getting more of a tip rather than less. Um, so mm -hmm. that was, well, that was actually really sort of the, the reason I started the Excel sheets. And then, um, and then again, mostly just cause I'm a nerd and I like to mm -hmm. keep track and sort of maximize my time. I was, I've, wanting to get like the GPS coordinates of all the places and then make like a, like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like just a, a gra like a heat map of like where yeah. the hot spots are, where you get like the best tips and stuff. Like that's, I want to have that happen. It's something, there's so many things I want to do. I think um, I just don't have time. For you it. and Gary should get together because like you have the data and he is the app designer. And I think you guys could, could do something together. Like where you, if you could just track, drivers uh data like if they agree to do it or whatever um yeah, basically like awesome. reverse engineering the algorithm you know yeah does he have um i, I know it, the, so that's the driver's utility app but that mm. only works for doordash right now right or is it is it all yeah no it's just yeah. uh it's just doordash yeah that, Maximo, that's why i don't have it i only do yeah. doordash i mean mm -hmm. maybe at this point five percent of my orders are doordash so yeah uh, and that, that was a question i was going to ask is why do you think it, it's funny? Because in your market, like you're always worried about Uber Eats, and in my market, well, it, it's it kind of depends on the the day. Like on even days, DoorDash is king, and on odd days, Uber Eats is king. I I don't get it. like Uber Eats in my area was the first to drop the pay down to two dollars, and I have like so many screenshots of two dollar Uber Eats orders. Usually they're only like a mile or two, but like, no way in hell would I, I'm not going to take a $2 or 
or even on a three dollar or you know i usually i think like 575 is about my my floor like i don't try not to take anything less than that unless it's like really extenuating circumstances or something but um i don't have a floor at all actually <laughs> I'm like I, i've literally i've taken a one dollar fifty cent order that took three extra minutes because my goal is thirty dollars per hour i know was that an add-on yeah, it was an add-on because on Uber it's it's two fifty in my area. Two fifty seems to be the minimum for the first order. The second order is one fifty. So it was three extra minutes, and because I had that data, knowing that it, if they say three minutes, like mm-hmm. I, I mean, of course, you know, the restaurant can mess up or, or whatever, you know, stuff happens. But for the most part, it's going to be pretty accurate. So I took it, and it was three extra minutes, and I made you know thirty dollars per hour works out to fifty cents a minute. So that that's that's my goal. Um, yeah, yeah I, don't know I guess why. like yeah, like you were saying, like with an add-on, like on DoorDash, it always says it in yards, and it says like I, there was once where I picked up an order at I think it was like Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and then it was a, an add-on for the exact same customer at the exact same uh, address, and it said plus three dollars for point zero zero one yards or something like that, and I was like. Okay, well, yeah, it's like, it. yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I understand why the customer, because they probably, the customer probably tipped on the first order, so like, would they, you know, they're hoping maybe the same person gets it or something. Yeah, but I don't know why, to your first, your original question, like, I, I don't know why the app, some of them are better than others in areas, like, I mean, it's just supply and demand, I guess, and then like, how much of a push these, these different companies are making uh, mm-hmm. in the different markets, I guess, and then also like, the, the, the density of drivers, too, like, I mean, one reason I think uh, DoorDash is it's kind of saturated. Sometimes it's good. It's really hit and miss. When I was first doing this, um, it was really hit and miss. I mean, so you're you're just, you know, you're sitting around in your car for 30 minutes, you know, 45 minutes, an hour waiting on an order or waiting on something that's not $3 um, and you're not getting anything. And then Uber Eats in this area is just popping all the time. Um, But I think it's just the density of drivers like Uber uh, DoorDash. I literally, I watched Nugs's video. I wish I knew the time. It's like I watched Nugs's video at like like four five o'clock, and then like signed up for Uber at, or sorry, signed up for DoorDash at five thirty, and then like was approved by five forty five and was out by like six. You know what I mean? Like it was just boom, boom, boom. I was out. Like and a lot of times, I think to a lot of people, you know, most I think a lot of people watching are probably gig workers, so you've already taken that step. But for a lot of people, the hardest part is just taking that initial step, and the bigger that hurdle is to to get to that, you know, to that, whatever it is, uh, the, the less likely they are to do it. So DoorDash was very easy, but like, I think maybe if Uber Eats were my first one, I'd be like, Oh, you got to wait for a month. Then you get approved where, you know, when I want, I'd watch the video and literally I was approved. It's like, okay, let's go out and do this and try it. But maybe if I had to wait, um, cause I think I waited three weeks or a month for Uber to approve me, you know, I would have been like, Oh, Oh, I'm approved. I don't know if I want to do it now. You know, like what the, like that sort of delay, uh, very millennial, like, okay, instant gratification. I want it now type of thing. So that's, maybe that's why. Uh, but. That's hilarious about your, your DoorDash story is imagine if you were filming that at the time, like that's got to be a record because I mean, it usually takes like at least 24 hours. I'm trying to think of like an app, you know, it was I, same I might be exaggerating, but I might be exaggerating with like it being an hour. It might've been a couple hours, but it was still same calendar day. It was, it was same calendar day. Like I yeah. might've watched, the video at like lunchtime or something or yeah. maybe I, I don't know i don't know if you can see this on camera whoops yeah, yeah. here is uh these are all the come on camera there we go yeah all right so here is all the apps that i work for i have about let's see uh four eight twelve uh fifteen 
15 apps that I work for, and I can't, I don't think remember any of them uh, getting approved that quick. I mean, there's definitely some that was like within 24 hours. Um, and also, especially because like they almost all use Checker as their background check. Yeah. And like if they, if like you were just had a background check run on you, then like I guess they don't really need to rerun it or something. I don't know. So, but you're, you're, you do the big three uh, delivery apps. Uh, DoorDash, yeah. Grubhub, and Uber Eats, but you seem to like Uber Eats the best. You have, you don't really talk about Grubhub that much. Yeah, I I talked about them very really briefly in the beginning. Honestly, like because I am part time, I'm not as good at these apps as as a lot of the full time people are. I mean, it's just that's just the reality. Like you know, working, you know, I, I work ten hours a week. Like that's what pe most people do in a day. A lot of, a lot of the gig workers. Um, so Grubhub, I think, takes a lot more skill to get good at. And now that they're showing miles, maybe it's better. Um, but um, in my area, I, I just I get really frustrated with Grubhub because they, they have great payouts. I mean, the payouts are just awesome. And I, and I feel like maybe maybe now that they bought out, it's going to change. But it seemed like of any of the apps, they really seemed to treat their drivers like the the uh, uh, like humans. <laughs> you know, like they they actually sort of encourage encourage people to to tip and like it, it felt like re reading through their website and stuff it felt like they treated you more like a human being than the other apps and like realizing that you're a commodity where, where with doordash especially you're just kind of like you're just a number like we don't you know get get us the money get us it fast yeah um, I, grubhub, I, I agree yeah i i really wish that grubhub uh had a better dispatch system i think that's my biggest frustration is Philadelphia is big. Like, I, I don't know. I know like my very small, like area of West Philly. Like I know of most of the restaurants around here, but a lot of the restaurants, I'm like, I have no idea what that restaurant is. Like there's certain restaurants like, like New Delhi uh, is an Indian place. Like I know if I get a Grubhub order from there, I'll take it instantly. I know they always have all of their re orders ready to go. They're nice. Like they don't, you know, they just give it to you a smile and, and you go on your way. Um, where a lot of the restaurants, especially being in a bigger city, like I don't know them, you know, and, and with Grubhub, I was spending 30 minutes, you know, waiting at restaurants and thing. And you just have no idea. I feel like their dispatch system is definitely the worst of the big three apps. It would probably go Uber's the best and then DoorDash and then Grubhub. So I, I really wish, I really wish Grubhub was uh, better with their dispatch system. Cause I use them. Yeah. You mean like, as far as like the, the offer screen, uh, oh no no the di dispatch system meaning like like uber eats they they try their best to send you an order when it is seven minutes from being ready and yeah. and like usually that's pretty accurate again you know st stuff happens you know restaurants get slower or whatever but often even uber eats will kind of know when that's happening like they're I, I feel i don't know what it is but they're just better at estimating the time orders will take i mean based on they show you the time it's going to take and it's you know there are times when it's off but i mean when 90 plus percent of your orders are within five minutes of the estimate, it's, you know, I can just look at the estimate and be like, okay, that's good. Where, well, you know, DoorDash, they give you an estimate, but I mean, we all know that doesn't really mean yeah. a whole lot. You can use it as a gauge maybe, but um, yeah, DoorDash isn't great. And then Grubhub doesn't even give, doesn't even give you an estimate. And I feel like they're not as good at, they'll send you to a restaurant 30 minutes before the order is supposed to be ready. Uh, where Uber Eats tries to send you there, right before it's going to be ready or right as it's ready so. yeah yeah i agree i i noticed that like like a week ago i was doing a grubhub and i was like probably 15 minutes out from 
uh, this restaurant. Actually, probably more. Like, I was way out in the middle of nowhere. And it was like I was coming home and I had Grubhub on. And I, well, I don't think I was even in my zone with the Grubhub. But I still had it turned on. And I get an order. And it's for this restaurant. It's not too far from where I live. And I can, at least I show you the map. And I'm like, it's totally. I think it came in at like 10, 15 bucks. I'm like, well, I'm going that way anyways. And I'm by the time I get there, it should be ready. It takes me like 15, 20 minutes to get there. And I get there. It's still not ready. So I'm like, all right. So I, I use the men's room while I'm waiting. And I come back. Still not ready. <laughs> and then I waited probably another five minutes after that. And then an order for DoorDash came in for that exact same restaurant, like right as I accepted or right as I marked, you know, leaving on Grubhub. And I like just knowing how slow this restaurant was, I was like, well, and if it was going like in more, like it was going like 180 degrees in the other direction. So I'm like, um, and it came like, it was like, it was one of those offers. That's like, ah, oh, like I really want to take this, but, um, like I'm going like probably ten minutes in the other direction, which means it's gonna be like twenty minutes round trip. Although, actually, in retrospect, it probably would have been worth it because, it since this restaurant is so slow, uh, giving them a twenty minutes window, they probably it probably would have been because I could have just hit I arrived at store and then just you know kept hitting you know waiting on food or whatever uh, on Grubhub or on DoorDash. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah DoorDash is a. Uh, it's starting to crack down on multi-apping with the uh, the contract violations. And actually, yeah. although they Uber actually was the first one to do that. I actually got a not a contract violation, but I got an email from Uber like in 2019 because I was clearly multi-apping. And they, I, I wish I still had it. I don't know where it is right now. But I got an email from Uber that said, um, like, you seem to be doing something outside of the confines of the contract, like, working with another competitor or vendor or whatever. Oh, wow. Or, like, because, like, whenever like whenever you take an Uber is, uh, it's like, I multi-app, right? And, and you have to you, around you, here. You true multi-app, like, you yeah. have, you're doing, okay. Yeah. Well, like, I'll pick up two orders from the same restaurant or, like, restaurants in the same shopping plaza for, like, two different apps. Uh, as long as they're not going, like, 180 degrees in the opposite direction, as long as it's, like, you know, like one's going north, one's going, like, northwest or something like that, you know. Um, and it's the mileage is reasonable. Like I'll do that, um, but uh, like with Uber Eats, is that like I'll always do the Uber first because Uber kind of pays you by the mileage and time. Like it's not a guarantee. Like when the order comes in, like it's like a it's like an estimate. You know, it's not always a hundred percent accurate. But with DoorDash, whatever they show you, that's what you're getting paid. Well, unless they hide the tip. Although uh, we could get yeah. we could go on a ramble gamble. with that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I think that's that that horse that that horse is dead and has been beaten quite a bit <laughs> so it, it, although i honestly i don't have too much of it like with uber it's like they show you the first eight dollars of the tip like they don't show you the full payout i most I, I don't think most people realize that um but they don't show you the full payout either but at least they show you the first eight dollars and honestly it's like should they be doing that it, it's their company they can do what they want but but I don't like that they lie about it. They they make you believe that because of your amazing service, the customer tipped you extra. Um, like yeah, that, like yeah. And actually, it kind of makes your day. It said the customer added more after yeah, delivery. Yeah, at first, I was like, oh wow, I'm like awesome. Like but look that, at this. Yeah, then when you see I'm that, like, like it's because I'm wearing this after work, and I'm like, you know, like, no, no. It's it's it, there are times where you do get tipped, and it is nice to get tipped extra. Um, but for the most part, they just hide tips over $8. But honestly, it's not – I don't like that they do it, but it's not a hill I'm willing to die on if, type of thing. Like, 
$8 is enough for me to see that it's a worthwhile order. You know, I, I wish they didn't do it, but I, I, I see why they do it. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know a better way for them to kind of, you know, I, I don't know. I know why they're doing it. Um, I don't really, I'm not smart enough to know a better way to do it. That would sort of benefit both sides. So. Yeah. You, know. you, you made a video explaining how you figured out that Uber eats will show the tips between zero and $8 and after $8 is hidden. But like, yeah. like you said, like if you're getting an $8 tip up front, like it's usually going to be worth it anyways, unless it's like 20 miles or something, which in, I'm sure is not, not in your area. Cause you're, no, no. yeah, you're in Philly proper, right? Like you're right yeah. there in the city. You're not in the suburbs. Yeah, I would say actually DoorDash tends to give me they like to give me like like orders that are going like I mean the 10 15 miles at least. But yeah, I would say 15 miles is probably the max that I would ever see. But I I used to take those orders on DoorDash and now I, I just don't I don't know. It, yeah. They're they're just not worth it. They usually do pay a little bit better, but it's just not worth it. I for the most part Philly is a, like a little bit bigger than you would think. Um but I'll, I'll regularly take five, six mile orders, like because I'm in West Philly, and kind of if you get up to like the northeastern parts, um, it actually Philly goes pretty far up, like it goes to almost to Trenton, like it not quite, but it, you know it's you can be in northeast Philly and be closer to Trenton than you are to like the center of Philadelphia. So, how many times when you say West Philly do you get the Fresh Prince song stuck in your head? All, all the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's I don't know. Maybe, maybe I feel like sometimes maybe I'm just like a naive country boy who moved to the city. But it's like, it, like when I first moved here, it's like everything looked rough to me. Like everything, I'm just like, oh, everything's rough. Because like you know, in your mind, like your definition of nice is like, okay, you've got like it's a nice like you got grass and you got you know nice houses with a garage. That type. like in Philly, like nice is like row homes that are just stacked you know next to each other. Um, so it's not as bad. It's it's not as bad as people would make it out to be. Um, I do when we have dogs, I, I walk the dogs at night. I don't, I don't want my wife going out at night around here, but um, you know, I'm not like in the rougher area. I'm in like, so on sort of the edge, like I, I joke, if I, if I walk out of my house and make a right, I might get shot. But if I make a left, then I'm okay. So like, just always make a left out of your house and you're good. So, so you're, you're right on the edge of the gentrification yeah, pretty border. much. Yeah, which I think when we first moved here, it wasn't quite like we were in the like. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. I I think it's all relative, honestly, because like even you know, it really depends. Like people, some people could come to West Philly and be like, "Oh, that's not bad at all." Like the rough parts, they'd be you know, "Oh, that's not bad at all." You know. Well, that's how um, uh, Harlem was in New York. Like Harlem for years was like the the worst part of town, and like now it's hipsterville like <laughs> white people are moving in there and yeah. uh you know it's turning into like the next williamsburg or something yeah yeah it's interesting how that how that works so yeah. the universities in this area um they are really tr they're they have really good incentives for their employees to to move like they'll they'll I, I can't remember what the incentives are but depending on you have to be like closer to the university so they, they call it university city that's like I'm not in university city, but that that's like West Philly, but like right around the universities. And then, but they've started to like sort of spread out a little bit. Um, and basically they've got incentives where they'll, they'll like pay your closing costs on a house. They'll, um, they'll give you like uh, uh interest-free loan for like $15,000 for renovations. So they're really like trying to push people to, to buy 
houses from the university. So that kind of aids in the gentrification. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been to Philly twice. Last time I was there, it was it was like December of twenty two thousand six. Like when I was in the Navy, we went to the Army Navy game because I guess they always play it in Philly now. And we, we pulled into the Navy shipyards there, like way on the south side. Yeah, and yeah. like all the the sports complex is, they're all together. Like, so like the hockey arena, the baseball stadium, the football arena, they're all like right there next to each other. And it's pretty cool because you can just walk from the ship. I mean, it's a long walk, but I mean, you can still walk from the ship to whatever sports arena you went to. Um, yeah, that was a fun time. Although, I mean, it was in December, so it's like super, super cold, but. Uh, yeah, like, and I remember visiting somebody there, like when I was in college, and uh, yeah, Philly's Philly's pretty cool. I know uh, Angry Video Game Nerd is is there, or he's like in the suburbs there somewhere. You ever watch him? No, no, Angry Video. I don't know who that is. What? He's like <laughs> he's been on YouTube since like day one. He's like one of the biggest YouTubers of all time. He's got like several billion views. Oh yeah, that guy, that yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want, if you saw him, you probably would recognize him. Actually, I know I'm friends with somebody who's friends with him. So, uh, and, like every time I watch him, I'm like, man, that's that's. I should have came up with this idea. Why didn't I think of this? You know. Uh, let's see here. I, I I'm like going through my list of questions here. I'm like, I think I've asked all these. Um. All right, so I, I'll get some of the funny funny questions out of here. All right, best and worst places to pick up from uh best place right now i've been really liking uh it's it's a local indian restaurant it's new delhi uh new delhi indian restaurant they they actually have like a uh buffet like buffet indian style which being being a uh appalachian country person i never really had that type of food so it's really nice anyways but to pick up from i really like them i think i said earlier um uh that it's uh they always have the food ready they're always nice worst uh the the worst one i they're pretty much any fast food honestly but um like popeyes is terrible kfc is terrible but um mcdonald's actually is kind of like hit and miss you have to know which mcdonald's you're going to some of them they've got their stuff together some of them yeah. they don't the, uh, the worst one yeah good well i was just gonna say i think that's like nationwide is like it just kind of depends on the franchise owner or like the manager of a particular location like if they're if they got their employees in line or if they just let them play grab ass <laughs> yeah exactly which is so the the one that i don't like there's a there's a mcdonald's is probably my least favorite pickup um i could probably think of others but that, that's my least favorite pickup um oh i have a couple other favorites that i can say too but the least favorite because they you can't walk in you can't drive through the drive-thru you have to walk up to the drive-thru window and they just like like, so there's just everybody just standing and there's like cars coming and you're like, and then they yell at you if you come up to the window and try to ask if the order is ready. They're like, well, call your name. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I hate that one. Um, but there are a couple other cool places to pick up from. I'll, I'll actually say uh, New Delhi, it, like an actual restaurant is my favorite, but they, I think I commented on one of your, I don't even, I comment everywhere. Your, it was one of your videos or uh, posts or something, but they have, um, they're like a, it's almost like a middleman pickup point. Well, it's, it's kind of a, so basically there's a like probably 70 different restaurants that will drop off their food at this central location. There's two of them, uh, one in like the West Philly area and the one like in the North Philly area. But there's like 70 restaurants who drop off their food and then the drivers just go pick it up when it's ready. You get a text when it's ready. And 
on Uber Eats anyways, it's almost always ready whenever you get there. You mean a ghost so, kitchen? Yeah, it's like a ghost kitchen, I guess. Um, so, so like you'll have different like like Applebee's and different a bunch of different restaurants, but then there's also actual there's actual an actual kitchen upstairs where it's like uh, I guess like an industrial kitchen space. Um, which they rent out to people who want to start their own restaurant, but don't have the equipment to do it. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, I know a lot of people don't like them, but I, the, the one in North Philly, it's not as, I don't like it as much, but the one in West Philly, they've got it together. They, they treat you like a human being. They've got bathrooms in there, which is nice, which in, I know a lot of places, their bathrooms are open, but like, I, I feel like in Philly, we, we had the restrictions lifted for about like, like it felt like only two weeks or something it might've been like a month, but everybody was still fully like, and, and I feel like everybody just uses, uh, used COVID as an excuse to not do what they should be doing. They're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Due to COVID, we can't clean our bathrooms and they're not open. You know, like, like they would just use it as an excuse, but that just kind of like stayed through the whole thing. So like, I actually got a much better bladder. I used to joke. I had the bladder of a, of a small child, um, but that might be uh, degrading to small children because their bladders are probably better than mine. But, <laughs> But after, you, after delivering for a while, uh, I've gotten a better blaster. You, you, you read my mind because my next question was best and worst public restrooms. Okay, so that so the best one that I that I like then is um, is at those places just because they let you use them. I mean, it's it's nice. And on Uber Eats, anyways, Grubhub, it's a different story. But the, those places, their orders are almost always ready. Um, and like I said, and you're all also almost guaranteed to get a stack uh, because there's 70 different restaurants dropping off there. So mm-hmm. if I if I get one from that place, I'm like, I'm I'm usually set with a stack. Um, let me see, worst bathroom. Like honestly, any of the bad bathrooms, they they're not even open. Honestly, so like the worst, I guess, is just not having one, like <laughs> the dumpster outside. No. Yeah, like but <laughs> Nugs always shows that chili place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With like, yeah, where there's yeah. no faucet handle or the, yeah. the toilet doesn't even flush or whatever. I've commented on several times. Well, at least they have a bathroom. You know, you know it's funny. Like yeah. here in Florida, like everything is like brand new. Is like, like you couldn't even like find a place like that. You'd have to go to like, I can't like maybe like downtown Orlando or something like that. But um, do you do you ever bring your wife along when you work? For the first. Two door dashes I did. I, I brought her along. Um, I was like, oh, it could be good. We actually, that, I think that was another reason I kind of started was like, um, we actually just enjoy going on car rides. Um, like, I don't know how much, so like, uh, how much you know about like love languages and stuff, but um, like, basically, it's how you express love. And one, one of them is like quality time. So, quality time in a car, just go on a drive, check, touch. So, you just like hand on knee and then like, and then you're good. Just go on a drive. And it's like, it, it's actually really nice. And she's got like my undivided attention. Um, so we, I, that was sort of why I started. I was like, Oh, this could be a thing that we do. And we like spend time doing stuff. And then after a couple, I, I could tell, I was like, Hey, we want to go out again today. So, oh, I'm kind of tired. So I was like, okay, I'll just go out. And then after that, it's basically just been me. Or um, sometimes I will, if we're out running errands, um, I will just, you know, and we're coming back to the house, say we go to like New Jersey, we go to Jersey a lot to go shopping and we're coming back. I just, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to turn on my apps and then I'll try to get something. And as long as it's within, you know, on the way, I kind of like one of the things, and this, it wasn't really answering your, uh, this is sort of an extension of the question, but like my strategy pretty much is like to just do something that's sustainable. Like, like in the beginning, it's like, you know, I was doing like 20, 30 hours a week, making a bunch of money, but now it's like, okay, 
what's the least amount of work I can do that will still get me to my goals and like what's sustainable long-term? Like you can, you know, you can do something, you'll go all out in the beginning. We do this on so many things like January 1st, everybody's like, okay, I'm going to get healthy. So I'm going to eat 200 calories a day and exercise five hours every day and do all this blah, blah, blah. And then guess how long you last like that? You last maybe a week. Everybody lasts like a week and then you're done. So the better strategy for working out something that's like, okay, let's pick one thing. Let's pick one thing. And then just like, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm just going to do something like literally I've tried to get back into squatting uh, and stuff or doing uh, lifting lately. It's like, okay, I could, I could probably, honestly, if I wanted, I could probably still squat over 300 pounds or so, but like, I would be dead the next day and I would never do it again. So I just, you know, put a couple little weights on the bar and, and do it and just try to be consistent with it. So that's sort of how I view delivery driving too, is just doing something that I can sustain long-term. Um, and one of those things is just like, Hey, we're at the store. I'm going to turn my app on. If it takes me less than five or 10 minutes out of the way, I'm going to take the order. And then it's, you know, and it adds up over time. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that was a long winded question to do I ever take my wife along, but it's like, if she's in the car, then, then yeah, like I'll, I'll take orders. <laughs> well, at least you have a wife to take along, you know, <laughs> I, I, I brought my girlfriend along once and she thought it was fun for like a couple hours. And after that, she's like, all right, I, I want to go home now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that, that. She she thought yeah, the first couple times it was fun. She but you know she wasn't complaining or anything. But then like after I think I've got a, I was like all right I'm doing this and, and that was when I was like going out like twenty thirty hours a week. So yeah like, when it, like, like when I'm like dating a new girl for the first time and just like asking me like what my idea of fun is I'm like well fun is like my job you know I'm like you, you should you should ride along with me it's really fun and like I can never even convince them to do it or if I do. Like after five minutes, they're bored. Like this is stupid. Why do you think this is you can fun? Find, you can <laughs> find somebody who enjoys that, then you know you found the one. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I think I pretty much answered. Um, have you ever delivered to any celebrities? Um, or seen hmm. any? I don't feel like me. I might have without knowing it. Um, hmm. Let me see. But have I ever delivered to myself? I've never delivered to myself. <laughs> so. I'm picture um you probably no, delivered I, the angry video game nerd you didn't know it because you don't, you don't <laughs> that's watch him true. that's very true i'm trying to think of, i haven't delivered any celebrities i'm trying to think of somebody who was like noteworthy though i've had a had one guy who was like giving me there was i delivered to a doctor and then i think i was in one of my ride-alongs i delivered to a doctor and it's like hi doctors it, they it was like doc they, it was like Dr. K or something. I was like, hi, Dr. K, this is Dr. A. It's like, wait, are you really a doctor? And then I, we, he was like giving me advice on like that I should go into the pharmaceutical industry and, you know, make a mm -hmm. bunch of money and sell my soul. Yeah. But, <laughs> See, like yeah. you're in the city and like, I very rarely go to like downtown Orlando and the only time I ever make deliveries down there is if I get like, there's two whole foods. Like there's one in Altamont Springs and there's one in Winter Park and like Winter Park is closer to, downtown orlando if i get a block out of there i almost invariably end up going to downtown orlando and there's like these 20 30 story high rises and Oof. like you have to pay to park on the street a lot of times i don't i just like take my chances do, do you have anything in your window that you that says like hey i'm a delivery driver yeah i have one of those oh, grubhub things but yeah that, that's what i put in my window i just put that. yeah so far i mean i've never gotten a, a parking ticket but um like something I was gonna ask you, I asked Hannibal this too, because like you know he's in Brooklyn, and it's like you know if you've ever been in a big big city like that, like there's no, like it's all parallel parking on the street, and a lot of times, yeah. 
Like even like you know, I when I lived in Albany for eight years, um, like just going to like the bar, like they're these old buildings built like during the George Washington administration, you know, yeah. um, yeah. like it's just old old stuff, and like it wasn't meant for for cars. So it's like you know, which like do you have like a parking strategy? I would think like if you were like in a city like that, like. And you end up like having to park like five blocks away. Maybe you should give like an electric scooter in a trunk, and then then you be, could scoot. That would be a business expense. That'd be a business expense. Yeah. I could write my taxes. That'd be awesome. Do you have okay. a, a parking strategy, or no, is it just yeah, like I have a couple? I have a couple. Okay, so if I'm not saying that I ever would do this, but if you decide to park without paying, like in a real parking spot, do not put your flashers on. If you put your flashers on. That just says to the parking enforcement, hey, I'm parked illegally. Come give me a ticket. Um, so I got uh, one parking enforcement person trying to write me a ticket. I, like this was early on. And uh, I came out with my DoorDash bag. And they're like, oh, are you like worked? I was like, yeah. They, and they like actually, they had already written the ticket and erased it. I've never had that happen before. So one good thing to say about parking and officials. Uh, um, but that's not usually my experience. So that that's that's my strategy. Like if there is a spot, I, I never park in handicap spots. I, I know you had one of those the polls, I think, at one point. I, I never park in handicap spots. Um, uh, so so yeah, basically, it's just kind of known in the city that like if somebody's making deliveries, they put their flashers on in the middle of the street and you run in and do it and then you're done. Like there's a bunch of roads here that have like two lanes and especially downtown, uh, some of the main roads that have two lanes, there'll be just a line of five, six, seven, eight cars on that street on one side. So I just try to get to whatever side of the street they've happened to have chosen and just, you know, put my flashes on, on that side of the street. So if you're parking in not a spot, put your flashes on. If you're parking in a real spot, but not paying, not that you should ever do that, just hypothetically speaking, if you're doing that, don't put your flashers on. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much, or like um, I'll, I'll park on like the corners of streets. A lot of times, like if I'm making a drop off, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, you pull up to the corner of, of the street or whatever, but honestly, I don't like taking orders from downtown too much. I, I don't, if, if I avoid it, then I usually miss out on a lot of good orders, but like I try if I can to stay away from the downtown, downtown I'm in West Philly. It's much more spread out here there's always a little bit of parking or at least a little bit of space uh, to do things. Um, same with some other areas. It just, you just have to, it depends on the area, but that's my strategy. Basically flashers on in the middle of the street, <laughs> hypothetically. I'm talking on mute here. Sorry. Um, like, you know how Nug said when he hits 20,000 uh, subscribers, he's going to do scoot, uh, DoorDash on a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we should do? Like me, you, anybody like Hannibal, anybody who's like in a big city, like we should all do like one day where we all do DoorDash. Like it could just be like for a couple hours. We all do DoorDash on a scooter and we all upload our videos at the, on the same day at the same time before Nugs uploads his. That would be hilarious. That would be that would be funny. That would be fun actually, and that would be a good excuse. I've been wanting to get a scooter. I, I ride my bike to work. Um, and, and do they have of- those uh, like the the scooters all over the place where you just swipe a credit card and you can use it? No, no, we don't have those. We, they, oddly enough, I, I'm, I'm surprised why they don't, but there's a lot of people who just have them. Um, and it, they're kind of like, it's one of those new things where there's not, you don't really know the rules of it. It's like, are, am I a pedestrian? Am I a, am I yeah. a vehicle? Most people, so we have a, actually, 
University City, especially, I do most I do most of my pickups in University City. That's just where the density of restaurants is in West Philly. Um, so I go to University City and and I'll get the orders from University City from where I am usually. Um, but they've got like bike lanes and stuff. It's one of the most bike friendly places in the. I don't want to say in it. It's I don't want to say in America. Maybe it is. I don't know. It definitely in Philadelphia. It's the most bike friendly area. So like on a scooter, I would be able to to ride in the bike lanes and stuff. Um, but yeah, oddly enough, they don't have those ones that you can swipe uh, yet. But I totally, I've, I've been wanting an excuse to get one. And there's a lot of reasons why it would be nice. Like if I'm riding, like you want to hop up on the sidewalk. Yeah, I'll do it on a bike. I will do it on a bike if I need to hop up on there. But it's just more clunky and you feel like you're going to hit somebody here in the way. Where with the scooters, it seems like you're kind of more agile and you're kind of just another pedestrian if you're as long as you're not home. i think like if you if you had a scooter you could probably theoretically like if you went to like a walmart or something like you could probably ride around the store like if you said it was a a handicap thing or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't think that would i don't know knowing philadelphia that would probably be fine it, philadelphia is a little of anarchy like i was mm-hmm. surprised like just people just i mean it's just oh there, there's that rule okay whatever mm-hmm. we're gonna do whatever we want to do so maybe that would fly mm-hmm. but uh, yep. Well, I, I'm pretty much out of questions. Um, I can't really think of anything else unless there's something that you wanted to talk about. You have what's no, like your? Pretty- uh, you have any long-term plans as far as YouTube gig work? Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm starting to find my niche. My niche. I, I think that's. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people when they first start out, uh, you kind of start. You, you you make what you see. I mean, you see these other videos like, oh, I can do that. I'm starting to find my niche. I, I really enjoy doing like the Excel sheets and stuff. I know that that's not going to be, there's aren't like the super catchy videos um, that are going to make my subscribers grow very fast, but um, at least it's going to, oh, that, that sort of goes back to the whole like being sustainable thing. Like when you're making YouTube videos, like if you're trying to just go for clicks, you know, you're not going to, yeah, sure. Maybe you'll grow in subscribers, but now you've got subscribers and, and you don't necessarily enjoy making the videos or whatever. Now, yeah, you've got subscribers, but now you've got to make videos that you don't enjoy making where with like the live streams, the earnings breakdowns, stuff like that. I enjoy it. I, I really do enjoy it, especially the live streams. I get to interact with people. So you guys should check them out. I do them uh, most Sundays uh, sort of in the evening time. Um, so that's kind of where I see my channel going is sort of like I, I like doing the ride alongs every now and again, um, but those are a lot, a lot more work. So those will probably be uh, more infrequent, but sort of figuring out different ways to maximize your money um you know sort of different different breakdowns of those excel sheets and sort of the data that i get from uh doing all these uber ride or the uber deliveries and stuff so that's kind of where i see it going so hopefully hopefully we'll find a good group of people that enjoy those types of videos so we're starting to get several like i've got several people who have been uh consistently watching the the live streams that i do um and that's more sustainable for me long term i guess that was the point of that is that's they're doing something you enjoy yeah, it'll be slower growth, but hopefully it's something I can sustain over the long term. I've been playing a drinking game this whole time. Every time you say sustainable, I take a drink. So oh, sustainable. Uh, I yeah. that a lot. <laughs> I feel like I, there was, there's only been like three parts of the of the mm-hmm. conversation where I started saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you on uh, Instagram or Twitter? Or are you just on YouTube? I'm just on YouTube. I probably should be. So every, every time you make a post, I'm like, you young kids and your newfangled technology. Your, your Actually, I like friends. Instagram is, I think, really good for like real time. Uh, like yeah. you take a picture or whatever is happening right then and there. And like, especially if it's funny. And like, I just find like Instagram, your followers are like way more loyal and 
actually interested. Like we're like, but on Twitter. I mean, Twitter is. I mean, it's not the same as Instagram, but they're very yeah. similar. But Twitter just, especially in the last six years, has become a really hostile place. And like yeah. I'm, I'm all like I, I was on Twitter from like 2009, to like uh, 2017 or so. After Trump got elected, it became a very, very bad place. So I just deleted my account, and then um, I recreated a new one a few months ago. And like now, I'm just on there to just pick fights with people, and like it doesn't bother me at all because I think it's just hilarious. Actually, well, yeah, actually, you, you don't I, strike me as somebody who shies away from a good a good uh, argument online. <laughs> I, should, I should take that back. I'm not. I'm not really out there picking fights with people. No, I'm, I know what you mean, but yeah, but I definitely yeah. If somebody if somebody criticizes me or says something stupid, I'm like in my previous life, I was you know like not confrontational, and now I'm just like. Like a cat just like toying with a mouse before it pounces on it. It's like yeah, yeah like I don't care, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah all right, so I, I put links to Aaron's uh, YouTube channel in the description below. So check him out. Subscribe if you're not already. And uh, yeah, I would plug your Instagram and Twitter, but you're not on there too. But I, I recommend at least Instagram, you know. Yeah, yeah, I should try it out. Yeah, it's one of those like I tend to go overboard with things, and then you're like like social media. It gets gets kind of addicting. So I kind of mostly have been just trying to stick to youtube and like trying not to like go overboard with it um yeah. but yeah I, may, I might have to try to get on instagram so all right well thanks for doing this interview and uh Absolutely. take care i will see you i'll see you guys real soon all right yeah seems like a good place to end bye we hope you enjoyed this episode Chad will be back Sunday with his co-host Hannibal, discussing the latest news, trends, and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy. Until then, keep hustling.